Have you ever had somebody give you something good that was unexpected? You know, one of the best things in my life is I turn around and out of the clear blue, unexpected, I see Rebecca smiling at me. My wife of 24 years will still surprise me just looking at me and smiling at me and not trying to get something, not just smiling. And it, it, it's a grace. Um, we're going to look today at this word gracious that God uses to describe himself. I want us to have this weekly time where we focus on God more than anything else in life to help us, to help orient us to the things that matter most in this life, to the things that should be affecting us the most. And what we have in Exodus chapter 34 verses 6 and 7 is this amazing interaction between God and Moses where Moses is asking God for a personal revelation, an opportunity to learn more about who God is. And so here's how God describes himself. God says his own name and says this, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty. It's a truly amazing description. I don't know how you would describe yourself. I probably wouldn't describe myself this way. And I think it's helpful for us to stop and think about who is God? What is God like? What is God thinking? What is God feeling? And God here describes himself as merciful and gracious. And last week we talked, looked at that word merciful, which really half the time is translated merciful, half the time is translated compassion, meaning that we would need both words in English to get a sense of what, it, what God is saying to describe himself. That when God, God's saying that, hey, when I respond to you, I respond to you out of merciful compassion. Compassion means to suffer with, meaning God comes down and enters our suffering, is involved with the suffering in our life, comes in our place of suffering, and shows us mercy. God is responsive in that way. But God also uses this word gracious to describe himself. This word gracious um, is a giving love first kind of word. It's, I start giving you something good that you do not deserve. And then I continually to faithfully give you that. It's this heartfelt response by someone who has something to give that another person needs. It's God's way of saying, I, I'm going to give you love that you need, that you, you don't already have in this life and that you can't get anywhere else. I'm going to go ahead and do that first. I mean, God has already been gracious in designing the world, being the source of life and all that we see, the sunrises, the sunsets, the beautiful things in this world, the ability to draw breath in our lungs. These are common graces that God has given to us. And when we're, if we're going to try to get to know God, we need to learn that God is like that. God is gracious. And what we see is that 
in the life of believers, they realized that God wasn't asking for blind faith, but no, God was revealing himself. He was telling them what he was like, but then he was also doing things to prove it. And through the centuries, people observed this. They learned from it. And so we actually see in the Psalms that these words that God used to describe himself were words that people would pray to God. They would talk to God using these words and they would sing it. They would meditate on it. They would use poetry to meditate on what they had learned about God. So let me just give us a few examples of that. Psalm 86 verses 15 to 16. You, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy. And here, like we see in in around a dozen different places in scripture, those two exact words God used to describe himself together. They're linked together as this description. You, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. There's a whole phrase. Look down and have mercy on me. Give your strength to your servant. Save me. So this song is calling out for God's help, but calling out for God's help based on these essential ingredients, this description of characteristics that God had given them so that they could get to know him, so that they could come to understand him. Now, we also see this repeated Psalm 103, verses 7 to 8. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. There's a direct pointer there to people in Psalm 103. Hey, remember what we learned from what God specifically said to Moses. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. It's an exact repetition of it. Now, we see in Psalm 145 verses 5 through 9, a description of how in the personal spiritual life, I'm drawing strength from God, and then I'm helping other people in the spiritual family understand, come to learn from my experiences with God that have been beneficial to me. And it's based on this characteristics, this understanding of who God is. Starting in verse 5, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Now, this majestic, glorious splendor, that is a callback to Moses saying, reveal your your glorious presence to me. I will meditate on it. So the song, the poem in Psalm 145 is saying, I'm going to make a decision to slow down life, to shut out thoughts and concerns about everything else, and to be more focused on God than anything else, to think, to consider, to deeply reflect on the glorious presence of God, what God is like, and the wonderful miracles that God had done. Continuing, your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. Everyone's going to be talking about what you've done, God. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. 
So why is it that and the people in the time of Psalm 145 had <clears throat> difficulties, struggles, things that were beyond their control, things that seemed uncertain in life, and, and certainly disease and, and racial tension and, and violence. They had all of these things, but they're benefiting from choosing to meditate on <clears throat> who God is. And when they do, what they do is they go back. <clears throat> they go back to this place where God described himself. It's really important for us. It's really important for us to think about this. It's important for us to put it into practice. You might be uh, saying today, you know, Pastor Ben, this is um, <clears throat> simple. I know that. But are you putting yourself into it? Are you putting yourself in... <clears throat> interactions with God spiritually that cause you to reflect on this truth and what it means and then to get something out of it? That's an important question for us today. Excuse me while I get a drink. <coughs> now, So now I want to look at a couple other places where people use this exact word that God described himself with to talk to God. So Psalm 25 verse 16, turn to me and be gracious to me for I am lonely and afflicted. I don't know, maybe with, you know, several months into this coronavirus pandemic, you have felt lonely. And afflicted, impacted, affected, suffering, anxious, uh, dealing with various challenges. And it's affecting your mind, how you're thinking and your emotions, maybe your decision making, your soul, heart and soul. You might feel lonely and afflicted. Well, <clears throat> when David feels that way, what we see in Psalm 25 is he turns, he talks to God he prays, but he uses this exact word that God used to describe himself gracious. It's, God, I believe this is what you're like. Will you please show yourself to me in that same way? Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. We also see it in Psalm 31 and verse 9. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. Tears blur my eyes. Now, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're going through. But in praying for you today, I just sensed in my spirit that there are some of you that this recent turn of events with the virus is really having an effect on you. It is causing you to maybe feel further anxious or maybe discouraged and depressed or maybe angry or maybe overwhelmed and, and even hopeless. And I want to pray for you right now. I believe that if you will open yourself up spiritually to God, if you will focus on God right now and be ready to receive what God has for you, I'm going to pray for you and God's going to be there with you in a tangible way wherever you are listening to this. 
So if you're at that place and you just need to receive the grace of God, heart and soul with what you're going through, just receive this as I pray for you. Right now, God, I thank you that you are gracious. I thank you that you are one who gives us good love that we don't deserve, that you start it out that way. You start the relationship that way with us. And I pray for my friends, for my spiritual family that are going through difficulty. Lord, we're facing things that are challenging and overwhelming, and it's easy to feel lonely with the different practices that we're trying to put into place. And God, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that wherever they are, whatever they're doing, your tangible Holy Spirit presence will be evident, that they will sense your companionship, O God, that they will sense your guidance, O Holy Spirit, that it will become more powerful to them than other things that are affecting them, that they will sense it where they are, they will feel your love, they will draw spiritual strength from you and fresh courage. I thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're here for you. We appreciate you. Always happy to pray for you. Now let's continue in looking at these uh, verses. What we also see, uh, part of the context of the last one we looked at, Psalm 31, 9, and the context of the next one, Psalm 51, 1 through 2, is when a person has made mistakes and they're being affected on the inside uh, with the thought of the mistakes that they made. Psalm 51, verses 1 and 2, Have mercy on me, O God. Because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins, wash me clean from my guilt, purify my sin. Now, here David, who had made some serious mistakes, is turning away from his mistakes, confessing his wrong, and He's asking God for forgiveness. He's asking God for spiritual cleansing, but he is doing it by using the same words that God used to describe himself. It's a relationship built with context, and that is trust, not blind faith, but the way that God has described himself and the way that God has proven himself to be. David turns to God, asking for God's forgiveness. And when Jesus walked the earth, the son of the living God, our savior. He told a story about a son who rejected his father's grace, asked for his inheritance and took off. The prodigal son uh, was unable to make himself happy with his dad's money. He came to ruin. He was homeless. He was hungry. His friends had abandoned him. He came home to the Father. This is the story that Jesus tells to help us get to know Father God, what Father God is like. This prodigal son comes home to the Father. And in an effort for Jesus to help us understand what the gracious love of God is like, here's how he describes what the father says about his son that has just come home. He says to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. 
We must celebrate. This son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he has found. So the party began, Jesus said. Now think about this. Jesus is saying that God is not just one who's going to say, okay, you know, you messed up. Go over there, sit in the corner. I don't want to see much of you. No, God's not like that. And Jesus doesn't describe God even just as, okay, I forgive you. It's all right. No, Jesus describes God as this father who forgives what is wrong, but goes above and beyond to show favor, to show, to show this inclination, this predisposition, this constant habit of behavior of giving love that is not deserved. That's what God the Father is like. That's what Jesus is describing in this story. And it's, it's extravagant. It's extra. This love that God the Father gives to the Son. So I don't know where you're at today. Uh, you might be watching this and you have never met Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're watching this and you know you need to come home to God the Father, to, to Jesus the Savior. You might, it's possible you've been in our church for quite a while. Maybe you're even sitting next to someone else right now and might feel a little bit uncomfortable because you can hear the Holy Spirit talking to you and you know that in your heart you walked away from God. Here's what I want to say. Come home. Come home to God. God loves you. God has grace available that is more than enough, that is extra, that is love. God is waiting to throw a party for your return, ready to forgive you of your mistakes, wash you clean of them, give you a new spiritual life. God is ready for that. If you're in that place, I would encourage you, please, now, pray a prayer with me to Make a statement that you believe that Jesus can be your Savior, confessing where you've made mistakes, asking for the forgiveness of God, and taking a step towards God to receive this love. I just repeat this prayer after me and continue to pray. We will pray for you. Reach out to one of us. We'll be happy to pray for you. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I confess my sin. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I turn away from the past and I turn to you. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> We're so happy for you today. We're so happy for you making that decision. Here's something that I want you to hear just loud and clear. We care about you. We're happy to help you in any way that uh, we can. Give us a call, send us an email, drop us a message, reach out. We want to send you a free Bible and something called the Purple Book, which has a great list of questions uh, and a way to find the answers. We want to help walk you through that so that you understand what you believe. We do not treat God like a genie in the bottle where just rubbing the lamp or saying specific words is the magic. Jesus is the supernatural power through which God has shown this supernatural grace. I hope that you receive that. Now, maybe you're here 
and you're thinking, okay, okay, all right, God is gracious in love. God is proactive. God's the one who gives us love first. But here I am, November 2020, with all these things going on in, the, in this world. Why does it matter? What do I do about this? How should I pray? Those are really good questions. We see virus, we see death, we see political strife, we see struggle, suffering, misunderstanding, lack of conversations, a lot of anger and bitterness between people. If I am not receiving the grace of God, if I'm not daily interacting with the God of grace, it's a whole lot harder for me to give grace to other people. But if I do, if I am digging deep, if I am meditating the way that we read about today, if I'm meditating on this unbelievable, almost extraterrestrial, supernatural characteristics of who God is, if I'm meditating on it, considering it, talking to God about it, it's it's going to change me. And then when I spend time in prayer, just very maybe quietly meditating or reflecting, when I have learned, when I've dug deep in the reading and the scripture, and, I, and I'm talking with other people who are experiencing it, and I spend time with God, it's easier to shut out everything else that's going on. It's easier to receive this powerful grace. And then what happens when, I, when it is time for me to turn and look at what's going on in my life, the challenges, I can start to see them as opportunities. I'm not going to be as overwhelmed by anxiety or depression. I'm going to be comforted. I'm going to be strengthened. I'm going to be understanding that my identity is in this God who has already given me grace. And I'm going to start to think, if God could do that, then God can do anything. And then I'm going to go layer by layer into the different challenges of my life. Some of them big, some of them small, some of them long-term, some of them quick. And I'm going to look at each of those things. And now I'm going to have a new spiritual perspective. And now I'm going to be strengthened and I'm going to be able to invite God into each layer of each of those challenges. And I'm going to be able to ask God, okay, God, you're gracious and you're merciful. So how are you looking at this situation in my life? God, you're gracious and you're merciful. So how do you want me to be looking at this situation in my life? God, you're gracious and you're merciful. So how do you want me to be treating these other people? And slowly, step by step, but powerfully, you are changed and then automatically the room that you are in is changed. And then people respond to you differently. And then as you walk out the steps in your life, you're going to see people are interacting with you in new ways. And you've got fresh perspective and more peace. I want to get more specific about that in, in just a minute. So what do we learn from all of this? Well, I believe that what God said is true. I believe he said it, he meant it, and it's real. So God is gracious and merciful, constantly giving love. God starts it out. He, he, you can't outgive God. God was already giving you this gracious love before it all started. So God is gracious and merciful, constantly giving love. So what do we, 
What do we do about this? How do we respond? Well, first, I what I want to invite you to do today is to write down ways in which God has been gracious to you and then thank God. So even if there is suffering in life and difficulty in life, if I really stop and think about it, there has been good in my life. And just the fact that I'm breathing means that God has shown me grace. So just my life is a grace that God has shown me. That should go on the list. If I'm a follower of Jesus, that means because of Jesus, I've been given this opportunity to turn away from my self-destructive bad tendencies, to be forgiven with my guilt taken away of the mistakes of my past, to be spiritually cleansed, and then to be given, the Bible says, a new heart, new spiritual life. That's amazing because it comes with all these new abilities. And then also now I have the confident hope that heaven is my home. So every day, God has already extended this grace. And then there are many others which I've mentioned today. A sunrise, a sunset, uh, loved ones, good relationships, healthy relationships in your life and other things. Write them down. In which ways has God been gracious to you, given you something good that you didn't deserve, that you couldn't get on your own? Be specific about it. It helps. And then thank God. Pray through that. That's one specific thing you can do today. The fact of the matter is that uh, mental health research has been done and people who write down a gratitude list and then go through it to express their gratitude every day over five-week period show um, better healthy levels in several different metrics in their physical body and in their mental health. The practice of gratitude will improve your health, lower your stress level, increase your enjoyment in life. Uh, what else should we do about this spiritual truth that God is gracious? Well, number two, read the verses that have given today and write down what you believe about God to be true. So again, cityharborchurch.com slash messages. Right now, you can go to the website. You can see the notes and the list of the verses. But you write down these scripture verses and maybe even write them in your own words. But write down the scriptures and then, then write down what you believe about God. What do you believe? You, between you and God, what do you believe? Write that down. Number three now start to include what you believe about God in your prayer, like the examples we saw today. Include them. I, I know this might seem a little bit awkward, a little bit different, but this is a really helpful spiritual practice. Say, God, I believe you're gracious, so I ask you to show grace in this new way. What is it specifically that you're praying for? Don't Allow discouragement, depression, hopelessness to overwhelm you, to get you to a place where you're paralyzed and isolated. Now, you want to have a healthy relationship with God and with other people. And one way that that happens is by jump-starting the conversation with God. And it will be easier for yourself if you hear yourself say what you believe about God to be true based on the reality what God has already revealed himself. 
And then number four, lastly, share what you are learning with somebody else. The learning process, which you were designed for, is sees real fulfillment when we talk about it to somebody else. When we express it to somebody else, there's a real fulfillment there. That's how it works. And now what I want to do today, I want to read uh, Numbers chapter 6, verses 25 through 26, which is a blessing <clears throat> that God gave the priests to speak over the people that's based on these characteristics where we see the same words. God told the priest to say a blessing over people, and the same is true for all spiritual leaders. And so you look to me, if, if you look to me as your pastor, I just want to speak this blessing over you and pray for you today. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. That word gracious there is the same word that God used to describe himself as one who gives just because, as one who gives love first before you've even had a chance to do anything to deserve it, as a God who is giving you what you don't deserve, his good love, his faithful love. May the, so I pray over you today May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Allow me to pray for you today. God, I thank you for your graciousness to us. I thank you, Lord, that your presence is available to us every day, that we can be in personal relationship with you, learning more about who you really are. Thank you that you give us this opportunity. God, we definitely need your grace with all that we're experiencing, with all that we are facing right now. And so, Lord, I just ask, would you help each of us to be aware of your grace, to learn more about it, to draw spiritual strength from it, and then to start to live differently because of it, to start to talk to you differently because of it. Help us to meditate on it. Help, help it to become very real to each of us, even if it has not felt real in the past. God, we need your help. We thank you that you are already giving us your help in the name of Jesus.